everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Have you ever doubted someone that has had a vision or dreamed dreams or prophesied about something? Today we are jumping right into the book of Joel, starting from the very beginning and reading all the way to the end. It's three chapters today. And uh, what's interesting about this book is that it starts out with a lot of prophecy and prophetic sounding text and then moves into like the second half of the entire book, which is more of a conversational uh, read. So what's interesting, what I was alluding to at the beginning of this episode about dreaming dreams and visions and prophecy is that Joel actually calls this out in chapter two. And it actually, it caused me to kind of scratch my head and really uh, think about this because I can be very cautious when it comes to those things. But Joel specifically calls this out with the future of God's people and the releasing of his spirit onto them. So let's set Joel into context since we're (laughs) starting a new book. I'm glad that Jenny can air her grievances freely and her concerns freely. Uh, But just so you know, Joel is, we're kind of shifting the timeline a little bit. So we just wrapped up Ezekiel. Uh, You know how excited we are about that. (laughs) And Ezekiel is kind of this bridge uh, between what we call the... I guess like the the prophets leading up to the exile and then the the exile itself. Joel is most likely a prophet that's speaking out after the exiles have returned to Jerusalem. There is some split opinions on that, but the text of Joel itself seems to talk about a time uh, when people are living in Jerusalem and there is like a lot of calamity falling on them, like all these locusts destroying everything. And a drought destroying everything. So most likely this is a period in time when the people who have returned from Babylon to Jerusalem are experiencing like really, really hard times. And Joel is trying to speak about the Lord's judgment, but also encourage those people to look forward to a different time. So that's where we have Joel. A lot of people pin him around 500 BC, give or take quite a bit. With the exile, like the people being carried off into Babylon, the destruction of Jerusalem occurring in 586. So there has been some time that has passed. So he's also speaking to these people who are coming out of slavery. So chapter 3 kind of opens up with that as like the Lord is going to judge the nations who were sending these people into slavery like and scattering them across different areas. So they're coming back from a place of slavery Um, Kind of like a huge, I would assume, like a huge um, time of hopelessness. Uh, I I know that there's restoration and there's like future excitement. But at the time, I'm sure you're coming out of a, they would be coming out of a place of like severe hopelessness and just like, what, what is life? What are we doing? Um, And on top of that, they're returning to a land that is completely desolate. So that would be like a huge downer. Uh, And who's this guy coming in here? (laughs) talking about being filled with the spirit and dreaming dreams and these things. But uh, what's cool about that is it is like this this future, um, I don't know what I want to say, uh, this future outpouring, I guess, of the spirit that they are looking forward to, looking ahead to. Um, but I think at the time, like you were saying, it's just kind of like, ugh, here we are. 
Joel is reminding the people that they are just not any old people. They are God's people and the Lord is in their midst. And so one of the themes of the book of Joel is going to be the day of the Lord, the Lord's judgment. But another theme of Joel is that the Lord is in their midst. And if the Lord is in their midst, they don't, yeah, like everything looks bad, but they literally have God with them and God is going to continue to be with them. Now, Joel is a fun book for me. I really like Joel. One, because it's short. It's easy to digest. (laughs) Um, but two, because Joel helps us make a case for reading the entire Bible. And let me tell you why. Oh, please. Uh, in Acts chapter two, God does indeed pour out his spirit on all the people in Jerusalem gathered at Pentecost. Yes. So Peter is there with a lot of the other disciples and this like insane scene breaks out where people are speaking in other languages, um, the, the crowd, the audience thinks that they're all drunk and Peter's like, we're not drunk. It's too early in the day, which is hilarious. Basically, Peter stands up and preaches a sermon from the text of Joel chapter two, verse 28 to 32. The only way he could have possibly done that is if he knew what Joel had to say. And what's interesting about that, I mean, it, I guess it, it is hmm. post exilic. Um, literature, like it, it may have been like a popular book in their day. Uh, but he clearly, Peter, who is, you know, by all professional standards, like an uneducated dude, his education comes from hanging out with Jesus. Peter is very... <laughs> I'd say that's worth quite a bit. Yeah, he's not uneducated, <laughs> but he wasn't formally educated. And he is well aware of this book. He's well aware of what the text says. He, in fact, has it memorized essentially Mm -hmm. so that he is prepared to give an answer like eventually paul is going to encourage timothy to always be prepared to give an answer and how are we able to do that we have to know god's word uh there is a drought today uh in knowing god's word and so many people try to lead other people with their own opinions and their own you know nonsense like don't not the word don't waste people's time with your words, give them God's words. Mm. And so Peter is able to do that. Peter is able to look over the crowd in Acts chapter two, seeing people speaking different languages empowered by the spirit and say, oh my goodness, the Lord is fulfilling Joel two right now. We're watching it. And the Lord did spill out his spirit on all people. It's a whole new phase of redemptive history because the the Holy Spirit is not rushing on individual people for individual purposes anymore. He's rushing on to all people so that they can be God's people, like a royal priesthood that are called to honor him. So here's where my question from the beginning comes in. So we hit that spot in Joel chapter 2, and it says, let me just give you the verses that, that stuck out to me that were like, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I... I guess I do know about that, but it makes it causes a little bit of tension. So uh, verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Emphasis on the all. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. So I understand and I get that the spirit is like indwelt in us. I get that. Um, but the whole part of just like, I don't know, like wrapping my mind around the fact that all of God's people will share in the experience of prophecy, dreaming dreams, and seeing visions, like, 
I err on the side of caution with all of those three things all the time because I guess I just, I value them and put them like in a very important box. Like I don't walk around just being like, oh, well, I'm pretty sure I had a vision of this just because it's like on my mind. Like that is a very important thing. Like if it's coming from God, like it better darn well be from God. And like, I think we were having a conversation about this the other day where like, if it's coming from God and I'm telling you that it's coming from God, I need to act on it. And I need to make sure that it is definitely 100% from God and not just something I'm making up. I think it's so important. So that's why it's like, oh. This is a huge, huge topic that we're going to have many more opportunities to talk about. But I think that when when Joel says this, I think that when Peter recognizes this, they mean, in fact, that God's spirit will be spilled out on everyone and they will dream dreams and they will see visions and they will prophesy. The Holy Spirit is not given to us to just sit on and do nothing with. Right. Uh, the biggest thing, that I would say two big things the Holy Spirit enables us to do is understand scripture. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are a believer and God's word is speaking to you, it's because the Holy Spirit is revealing it to you. And uh, the Holy Spirit allows us to recognize Jesus as our Savior. No one can cry, Lord, Lord, without being empowered by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so the Holy Spirit is doing those two things. Um, I, a, a guy that I was just talking to recently said, anytime the Holy Spirit is at work, it will attract fruits, nuts, and flakes. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Basically meaning there will be good fruit. And I know many people who are empowered by the Holy Spirit that <laughs> produce really great fruit. I see where this is going. <laughs> I also know people that I think are total flakes and total nuts and crazy people. Um, people take advantage of this, but it doesn't mean that it's not real. And so you can, you can fall on extremes with this. And I would just encourage you not to fall on extremes. The, the one extreme is that everything is the Holy spirit. If someone wants to say crazy things, that's the Holy spirit. Well, not necessarily because we can check what they're saying against what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. So you're not allowed to just say anything and say it's the Holy Spirit. That's not how this works. The other extreme is that the Holy Spirit just never does anything. Oh, that's crazy. Like, why would we be empowered like by the Spirit? the Holy Spirit into this, this little box. And yeah, just if we were just supposed somewhere. to expect that he was never going to do anything. So, and, and then, you know, in your day-to-day life, there are many things that inhibit the Holy Spirit from working. Like, if there is active sin in your life, if you are not living in peace with God... The Holy Spirit is messed up in you. The Holy mm-hmm. Spirit is convicting you of sin. But if you grieve the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's not going to move. Um, so I think that's a huge issue that faces Christians today. I think another huge issue is that many Christians allow themselves to think the Holy Spirit's just not even a thing anymore. So I think it ends up just being like a very, like, it's a balance for sure. Like, it's like this weird tightrope that you have to be really careful of because I typically would lean much more on, like, the conservative side of, like, I'm going to be very skeptical of everything you say. That is definitely where I fall. Um, Do I believe that, like, the Lord has spoken things to me through other people? Absolutely. Like, I have experienced that. But I would say that it's not like this every second of every day of my life. Everything has to be, like, a prophecy. I don't think that. Um, But I've definitely experienced other people... I feel like who have definitely used, I mean, I have done that myself. Like, Ooh, did this mean this? Or did this mean this? Did I see this? Did I hear that? Like, I just, I try to be very cautious of it. So when I read that, I think that was my initial tense (laughs) moment. 
I think it's a thing. I think, but it's, I understand a, I think it. it's a real thing. I think it yeah. is something that we should expect, not something we should be surprised by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say that as a person who by no means has this figured out. Like uh, I, yep, I would love to be more in tune and in deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit in my life. Mm-hmm. And that I, I think, you know, I, I pray for that. I pursue that. Um, I pursue the gifts of the spirit. And I think anytime you're on one extreme or the other, you're probably in kind of a strange place. Like, well, and I think it's, it's affirming to me also to like have read, like having read those verses tonight or today in, in Joel, that is super helpful to me because it's like, no, Jenny, I do work in these ways. Yeah. But at the same time, like you need I, I go back to that every time you need to identify what's true and discern what is deception and i think that's not just a decision that i make like i need to also like counsel god and the holy spirit and be like hey please like reveal to me what is true and reveal to me like i don't, i shouldn't have to put that weight on my shoulders like i should be counseling with god to figure that out as well i think that this is a perfect your part i think that peter in acts 2 exemplifies that perfectly mm-hmm. so he sees what's going on in front of him he's not freaked out by it he says that's the holy spirit mm-hmm. and then he uses god's word to say god's word confirmed yeah. that god's spirit would do this so he sees it he encourages it. He recognizes it. Um, he quotes scripture to help him support it. Mm-hmm. And God moved in powerful ways. You, you can see that God was spilling out his spirit in that moment. And thousands of people were added to the group of believers that day because of the move of the spirit. And so Acts 2 is a confirmation of Joel 2. Peter might have missed it if he didn't know the word. And so I encourage you today as your part to one, pursue the spirit, like ask the Holy Spirit. He is a person. Ask him uh, to be more present in your life. Be more open to him and also continue to study God's word, which was written by who? The Holy Spirit. (laughs) So the Holy Spirit's just all over all of it. Uh, So pursue the spirit. Don't be afraid. uh, And just know that there are sometimes fruit, nuts, and flakes. (laughs) We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll see you then. Sounds like a cereal. Fruit, nut, and flakes. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review. We'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word. And your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Joel chapter 1. The word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel. Hear this, you elders. Give ear, all inhabitants of the land. Has such a thing happened in your days or in the days of your fathers? Tell your children of it, and let your children tell their children, and let their children to another generation. What the cutting locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust has left, the hopping locust has eaten. What the hopping locust left, the destroying locust has eaten. Awake, you drunkards, and weep, and wail, all you drinkers of wine, because of the sweet wine, for it is cut from your mouth. For a nation has come up against my land, powerful and beyond number. Its teeth are lion's teeth, and it has the fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vine and splintered my fig tree. It has stripped off the bark and thrown it down. Their branches are made white. Lament like a virgin wearing sackcloth for the bridegroom of her youth. The grain offering and the drink offering are cut off from the house of the Lord. 
The priests mourn, the ministers of the Lord. The fields are destroyed, the ground mourns. Because the grain offering is destroyed, the wine dries up, the oil languishes. Be ashamed, O tillers of the soil. Wail, O vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. The vine dries up, the fig tree languishes. Pomegranate, palm, and apple, all of the trees of the field are dried up, and gladness dries up from the children of man. Put on sackcloth and lament, O priests. Wail, O ministers of the altar. Go in, pass the night in sackcloth, O ministers of my God, because grain offering and drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is near, and as destruction from the Almighty it comes. Is not the food cut off before your eyes, joy and gladness from the house of our God? The seed shrivels under the clods, the storehouses are desolate, the granaries are torn down because the grain has dried up. How the beasts groan, the herds of the cattle are perplexed, because there is no pasture for them, even the flocks of the sheep suffer. To you, O Lord, I call, for fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness, and flame has burned all the trees of the field. Even the beasts of the field pant for you, because the water brooks are dried up, and fire has devoured the pastures of the wilderness. Chapter 2 Blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness there is spread upon the mountains. A great and powerful people. Their like has never seen before, nor will be again after them, though the years of all the generations. Fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them. But behind them is a desolate wilderness, and nothing escapes them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses, and like war horses they run. As with the rumbling of chariots they leap on the tops of the mountains, like the crackling of a flame of fire devouring the stubble, like a powerful army drawn up for battle. Before them peoples are in anguish, all faces grow pale. Like warriors they charge, like soldiers they scale the wall. They march each on its way. They do not swerve from their paths. They do not jostle one another. Each marches in his path. They burst through the weapons and are not halted. They leap upon the city. They run upon the walls. They climb up into the houses. They enter through the windows like a thief. The earth quakes before them. The heavens tremble. The sun and moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord utters his voice before his army, for his camp is exceedingly great. He who executes his word is powerful. For the day of the Lord is great and very awesome. Who can endure it? Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him? a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, consecrate the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants. 
Let the bridegroom leave his room, and the bride her chamber. Between the vestibule and the altar let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep, and say, Spare your people, O Lord, and make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord became jealous for his land, and had pity on his people. The Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied. And I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. I will remove the northerner far from you, and drive him into a parched and desolate land, his vanguard into the eastern sea, and his rearguard into the western sea. The stench and foul smell of him will rise, for he has done great things. Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Fear not, you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness are green, the tree bears its fruit, the fig tree and the vine give their full yield. Be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the latter rain as before. The threshing floors shall be full of grain, the vats shall overflow with wine and oil. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and there is none else. And my people shall never again be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my Spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, and among the survivors shall be the one whom the Lord calls. Chapter 3 for behold, in those days, and at that time, when I restore the fortunes of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather all the nations and bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will enter into judgment with them there, on behalf of my people and the heritage Israel, because many have scattered them among the nations and have divided up my land, and have cast lots for my people, and have traded a boy for a prostitute, and have sold a girl for wine, and have drunk it. What are you to me, O Tyre and Sidon? and all the regions of Philistia. Are you paying me back for something? If you're paying me back, I will return your payment on your own head swiftly and speedily. For you have taken my silver and my gold, and you have carried my rich treasures into your temples. You have sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks in order to remove them far from their own border. Behold, I will stir them up from places to which you have sold them, and I will return your payment on your own head. I will sell your sons and daughters into the hand of the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the Sabians, to a nation far away, for the Lord has spoken. Proclaim this among the nations, consecrate for war, stir up the men, let all the men of war draw near, let them come up, beat your plowshares into swords, and your pruning hooks into spears, let the weak say, I am a warrior. Hasten and come, all you surrounding nations, and gather yourselves there, Bring down your warriors, O Lord. Let the nations stir themselves up and come up into the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the surrounding nations. 
Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Go in, tread, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their evil is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near, in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord roars from Zion and utters his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth quake. But the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. So you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who dwells in Zion, my holy mountain, and Jerusalem shall be holy, and strangers shall never again pass through it. And in that day the mountains shall drip sweet wine, and the hills shall flow with milk, and all the stream beds of Judah shall flow with water, and a fountain shall come forth from the house of the Lord, and water the valley of Shittim. Egypt shall become a desolation, and Edom a desolate wilderness, for the violence done to the people of Judah, because they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall be inhabited forever, and Jerusalem to all generations. I will avenge their blood, blood I have not avenged, for the Lord dwells in Zion. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.